a little differently this morning. I need your participation with me. I want us to say the Lord's model prayer together. We can do it in King James. That's what we know best probably. But um, I want us to say the Lord's prayer together, okay? Can we do that? If you don't know it, just listen. If you do know it, join in with us. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Stop right there. What did we just say? Our Father, God of all the universe in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy, righteous, other than, perfect, incredibly good be your name. Then we said... Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Right? So when when the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray, his model prayer was, Father God, you're righteous and holy. And I ask that your kingdom would reign on earth. I ask that the people who reside, whose residence belongs in heaven would show the culture of heaven to people on the earth. Most of the time when we think about heaven, we think about trying to get there or hopefully other people can get there. But Jesus was a little different in the way he modeled for us to pray. He, he prayed for heaven to come down and to be visible here. My Bible just happens to be marked in Revelation chapter 7. John, the, the apostle that wrote this book, caught a glimpse of heaven in a vision. And he wrote this about what he saw. Revelation chapter 7, verse 9. After, after this, I looked, and there was a vast multitude from every nation, tribe, people, and language which no one could number, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and they cried out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who is seated on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels stood around the throne, and along with the elders and the four living creatures, they fell face down before the throne, and they worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor went too far. And power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, who are these people in white robes and where did they come from? I said to him, sir, you know. Then he said to me, they are the ones coming out of the great tribulation. They washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the lamb. For this reason, they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in his temple. The one seated on the throne will shelter them. They will no longer hunger. They will no longer thirst. The sun will no longer strike them, nor will any scorching heat. For the Lamb who is at the center of the throne will shepherd them. He will guide them to springs of the waters of life. And God will wipe away every tear from every eye. John, what he saw in heaven 
was people from every culture, every tribe, every language, every people group gathered at the throne of Jesus saying, worthy is our God who is seated on the, on the throne. This morning, we're going to talk about another core value of the bridge, the bridge church, which is pursuing diversity. It's something that we're not yet, we're not yet diverse like we want to do, want to be, but we are pursuing it. We want the community of Wynn to catch a glimpse of a true picture of what heaven is like. And we want to be a small part of the answer to Jesus' prayer. How incredible would it be if the Lord Jesus Christ used the people of the Bridge Church as a small part of the answer to his own prayer? I want to be that. I want to be a part of that. You can turn in your Bibles to John chapter 17 if you want to. One thing that I want you to understand today is that this pursuing diversity deal is not a fad thing. Sometimes we can, sometimes it gets popular to be about diversity and, and different things, but th- we're not trying to be diverse as a fad. We want to be diverse because of Re- Revelation chapter 7, a true picture of what heaven is like. Let me pray for us and then we'll read this passage together. Dear Lord Jesus, we need you today. We need you to be thick in this place. We all know that the speaker is not worthy to be your mouthpiece. The people that know him well know that he is not worthy to stand in front of here and speak on your in front of these people and speak on your behalf. You know the darkest part of me. And somehow you you still use us, even in knowing all our ugly. But we pray that you would be present today, that you would move among us today, that you would somehow come down and be a part of our time together. We need you badly. In Jesus' name, amen. So in John chapter 17, I'm going to start reading in verse 20 in just a second. Um, But John chapter 17, Jesus is praying for his disciples. He's, uh, He's praying... For them to know him, for them to follow him in in all they do. Uh, But you need to understand that when he says these words, he has the cross on his mind. He is headed to the cross to literally bear the weight of the world on his shoulders. Bear Bear the people in this room our sin. 
He was literally staring down the cross, and these are the things he prayed to the Father about. So, so we need to, when we read this, we need to read this with, with eyes that see it as important because Jesus said this in a crucial time. He's fixing to die. And these are kind of his last words to his Father before he goes and bears the weight of your sin and my sin on the cross. He prays for his immediate disciples, the twelve. He, he, he lifts them up in prayer. And then in verse 20, he kind of changes directions and he starts praying for those who will believe through their word. So that's, that's me and you. We're not his original twelve, but we believe in Jesus. We follow Jesus because of the preaching of the twelve. So he's praying for you and me in these verses. Listen to what he says. I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. May they all be one, as you, Father, are in me, and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe you sent me. I've given them the glory you've given me, so that they may be one as we are one. I am in them, and you are in me, so that they may be made completely one, that the world may know you have sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am, so that they will see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the world's foundation. Righteous Father, the world has not known you, however I have known you, and they have known that you sent me. I made your name known to them and will continue to make it known so that the love you have loved me with may be in them and I may be in them. Jesus is praying this prayer. He's fixing to go to the cross. And there's, there's three things that I want us to see from his prayer in this passage that, that we need to know about gospel-centered diversity. The first Thing we need to know, I believe, is healthy gospel-centered diversity means we are distinct but unified. One thing that's, that's really cool about this prayer to me is that Jesus, he kind of separates he and the Father. He, he, he doesn't separate them, but, but he, he, he says the Father and me. So he's, he's making a distinction between the roles of the Father and his role. But then he, he talks about their unity together also. So they are distinct. The Father and the Son are distinct. I don't want to get into a Trinity deal with you today. But the Father and the Son are distinct. But 100% unified. And there's something we need to learn about that. We're different. Everybody in this room, we're, we're a little different. But, but a lot of times when we think of unity, we have to think of uniformity. Like there's, we're a bunch of soldiers marching step by step with one another. That's, that's not exactly true. That's not unity. That's uniformity. Unity can happen in diversity. The father is distinct. The son is distinct. But they're on the same page, 100% unified. This morning... You may not look like me, 
and that's okay. That's probably a really good thing. You need to bless God for that. You may not believe exactly like me. You know that's okay? You know that doesn't scare me? You may not act exactly like me. You may not have the same cultural background as me. But that doesn't mean we can't be unified. In a very beautiful way. I think diversity is more beautiful when we're, when we're different. I think the gospel is more beautiful when we can see our differences and acknowledge them and be unified about the main thing. The Lord has given a specific vision to the Bridge Church, and we need to be unified around that. We need to be on the same page with that. We need to be about reaching the uninitiated on their own turf. We need to be about loving the fatherless. We, we need to be about those things. But, you know, we don't have to be the same in, in every way we believe. Actually, it's more beautiful if we're not. We don't have to look exactly the same or be exactly the same. We can be diverse. Number two. This is probably the most crazy one to me. Uh, we desire to be together despite our differences. This is healthy, gospel-centered unity means, diversity means we desire to be with one another. Look at verse 24 one more time. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am. Did you just hear that? The God of the universe who spoke the world into existence said, I want them to be with me where I am. Y'all, I don't, think we, I don't think we understand. This is like if LeBron James, if he's your hero, did a Facebook party and invited you specifically. I mean, this is like a superhero type deal and he says I, I want you to be with me I, I, I specifically want Beth to be at my party I want you to be with me crazy deal that Jesus would say that and let me tell you something you don't, you don't get much more diverse than mine and Jesus' relationship Jewish God God of the creation Podunk white dude. You don't get much more diverse. Holy, brother, holy, righteous, blameless, sinless, brother struggles. Riding the struggle train now. Never had the first bad thought. Struggles constantly. Not a hint of sin in his life. Overwhelmed by sin. To the point that it's crippling in his life. You don't get much more diverse in a relationship than mine and Jesus. And he says, I want to be with Dustin. I want Dustin to be with me. 
one thing that we have to do is we have to start moving past conversations about diversity and start becoming diverse. We're not going to get there by conversations. Somebody has to invite another person to their house that doesn't look like them. Somebody has to enjoy being with somebody that doesn't believe exactly like them. Somebody has to become friends with somebody that's not exactly their cultural background to become truly diverse. We can talk about it until we're blue in the face, but until somebody invites you over to their house, you're not diverse. Friends, let's don't, let's don't confuse conversations about diversity with genuinely wanting to be with somebody that's not like me. Jesus said, I, I want them to be with me. And I want the Bridge Church to say that to our community. I want you to be with me. I don't care what you look like. I don't really care what your background is. I don't care... Uh, the belief system you were raised up in, I, I really want you to be with me. Just like Jesus prayed. Number three, healthy, gospel-centered diversity means that Jesus is seen for who he is and so are we. There's a passage in John chapter 12. It's verses 32 and 33. And Jesus is teaching and, and he's, he makes this comment. He says, if the Son of Man is lifted up, he will draw all men to himself. And he was talking about the cross. He was talking about the way he was going to die. Lifted up on the cross. When I'm lifted up, I will draw all men to myself. In that Revelation passage I just read earlier, you know, there, it points out the distinct differences of the languages and the people. You know, John was able to see that, but he was also able to see that Jesus was so focused on and so supreme that everything else became small. Do you, do you, do you smell what I'm stepping in? Jesus became in his rightful place as exalted and lifted up, and he became the supreme focus of people's lives, and it drew everybody to his throne to, in, in unity, call out salvation belongs to my God and to the Lamb. There is a way... Y'all need to hear me on this. There, there is a way... That we can strive for diversity where somebody has to lose. Do you understand what I mean? Like if we say we want to reach this segment of people so we have to do their thing to get them to come to where we are. We, we kind of lose ourselves in that. Do you understand what I mean? I don't think that's healthy when we're talking about diversity. The healthy way to be, to be gospel-centered in our diversity where, where people are, are being drawn to Jesus is when he's exalted above everything else. And, and when the focus becomes on Jesus, all of our differences kind of start 
maybe not being so important anymore. You know what I mean? Thank you, Miss Sherry. You helping me today. I don't want to lose space for people to be a part of the Bridge Church. I don't want to lose, close any doors for people to be drawn to the person of Jesus Christ. And the only way we can do that is, is to not strive for diversity as much as we strive for exalting Jesus to his rightful place. I know the questions out there. I've heard it and it's, it's come to me. And the question is, is the bridge a Baptist church? I've heard it. And, and that's okay. That's a, that's a good question. That's a good question. And to be honest with you, to be completely transparent with you, I don't, I don't know how to best answer that. But I know to put the word Baptist in the church is to exalt it to a place where it doesn't belong really. I do have a background that informs me in how I believe. And, and I'm sure you do too. And there's nothing wrong with that. Our, our religious backgrounds, our, our systems that have, have brought us up into knowing God, there's nothing wrong with those. But they have their place. And it's not the place of exaltation. Only Jesus belongs there. And when Jesus is exalted, he draws all men to himself and nobody has to lose. Nobody has to lose. This morning we're going we're gonna to do something different. And um, the message is kind of abbreviated. Wait a second, I need to, say, I need to share my main point, y'all, I forgot that. The main point for the entire message is that the best way for us to pursue diversity as individuals in the Bridge Church is to exalt Jesus and keep our focus on the cross. That's the best way to pursue diversity. This morning we're going to do something different. And don't, don't let this make you uncomfortable because... It's not like everybody else knows what they're doing and you don't because nobody knows what they're doing. It's different for everybody, okay? This is the first time we've done this. Uh, but we're going to have communion together. And it's, it's probably different than, than you've ever done it. But, but what we're going to ask you to do is there's, there's three stations. There's some bread and some juice back there. And there's some bread and some juice over here, and there's some bread and some juice over here. And in just a minute, I'm going to ask you to get up and, and go to one of those places and get you a piece of bread and some juice. And I want you to be free in this time, okay? Sometimes we try to lock up some things that aren't supposed to be locked up. If you want to go get your bread and juice and you want to come back to your seat and you want to be alone with the Lord Jesus and worship him while you take the Lord's Supper, the communion, by yourself and pray over it, you be free to do that. 
But if you want to go get your bread and your juice and you want to come back and you want to sit with somebody that maybe don't look, think, or believe like you and you, you celebrate the one thing that binds you, which is the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. You can come back, you can mess your chairs up, you can get in a circle if you want to, and you can share the body and the blood of Jesus Christ together. This is, this is a critical thing. It's, it's a reverent thing. It's, it's something that Jesus told us specifically to do together. But that's all he told us to do is to do it together. If you want to come back, maybe just your family gather, that's fine. If you want to come back and you want to find somebody that's not exactly like you, that's fine too. You can move your chairs if you need to. Lastly, if, if you're not a believer and you need help in that, maybe go ahead and go get your blood, blood and your, or, I'm sorry, your, <laughs> your bread. Be sure you got your blood. That's important. Don't leave that in your seat. Um, go get your bread and your juice and, and come back to somebody that you trust and, and go ahead and have your bread and your juice there and say, will you tell me how to really do this and understand it? Will you tell me what it really means that Jesus was broken for me and his blood was spilled out for my sins? And let them tell you. You wouldn't it be special if somebody trusted Jesus over the things that represent his blood and his body this morning? You can do that. I'm going to pray for you. I'm, I'm going to make myself available somewhere. I'm, I'll be alone by myself. I am going to be by myself. I'm going to pray. We're going to get out of our seats. We'll each go get a cup and a piece of bread. Bring it back. Pray over it if you need to in a group or by yourself. And then take the Lord's Supper together. After we pray, the band is going to come back up and we're going to sing a couple more songs. And I hope the Lord's Supper helps us worship a little better at the end of the service. Let me pray for us. Father, I pray for the people in this room that you would genuinely make us a, a diverse community gathered around your throne, worshiping the only person, the only being that really matters. The only one that's ever deserved to be a part of the kingdom of God, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that you would make this communion time special for us because you've met us here. Father, I'm thankful that, that you're not afraid of diversity. But you sought out a country boy, white kid, and went Arkansas. And you saved him. Father, be with us in this time. In Jesus' name, amen.